Welcome to another episode of the Level Up Running Podcast. I'm Darren, and joining me as always is Jess. Hello. And this episode we'll be discussing the Dirty Weekend, but as a special bonus as well, we'll also be discussing the Tough Mudder Midlands. Yay, I think. <laughs> okay, so let's start as we as we normally do. Um, journey. Now, this this was pretty much on our doorsteps. It was down in Stamford, and for me it was only about an hour's drive. Yeah, about an hour and a half for me. Uh, I met up with uh, one of our friends, Adam, on the way, and we went in his big truck rather than my little car. So uh, it was a perfectly perfectly adequate journey. Um, makes a big change from the big <laughs> long ones we've had so far this season. It does indeed, yeah. Um, camping. Uh, so it, it's not the first time we've been there, so we knew where we were going to be. So we were in a, one of the park and pitch sites, uh, which did unfortunately mean we had like a 20-mile walk to the loose. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit spread out when you get into the pitching park. Um, it's it's good to, that you can get your vehicle right next to your tent, and that it saves an awful lot of messing about. Because yeah. if you park on the main car park and uh, go in the normal campsite, the walk from the camping is about four hundred miles. It would appear. Um, it's probably not that. Um, no, that's why I timed it. It took us a little over. Um, a little over 50 minutes to get back to the car uh, yeah. when we left on Sunday In all morning. seriousness, it's about a K and a half to the yeah, car yeah. park. And if you forget something, leave it in the car, you have to go back. Or if you don't have a trolley, you have to make multiple journeys. It turns into a long old bit of walking. Uh, so the venue, uh, pretty much standard these days. So you've got the beer, food and the merch tents. Um, you've got the big old tent uh, ready for the Saturday night. Unfortunately, they had issues with the shower. Um, I, I don't know if this affected you when you got back, but it was uh, the shower pressure was up and down like a yo-yo. Which is not what you needed. <laughs> I didn't have a problem at all with the shower, to be honest. I, I got back. Um, there wasn't very many people around the showers. I didn't have to queue up for them at all. They'd changed the shower slightly this time. So last year, yeah. um, they'd had uh, a big marquee, if, effectively, that you got changed in. So there's some, some uh, chairs in there. Go, get changed all in a big communal area, then go through to the cubicles and um, have your shower in there. This year, it was like trailer shower setup so it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, little trailers with individual cubicles with a changing area and a shower bit in them it, i think it was meant to give more shower heads to be used but um i'm not sure they won't regret that decision uh after as i say lots of different problems there was every time you walk past the showers there was some guys at the back trying to sort them out or <laughs> yeah, um, brain things with sort hammers. out the water pressure and yeah a bit of engineering going on with a big claw hammer so yeah, maybe that was a problem for a lot of people. Um, I certainly didn't see any, so thankfully uh, it looks like a escaped a bit of a bullet there. Yeah, again, bacon butts, bacon butts before the run was perfect um, and, and really well well priced as well. There was uh, a bacon butty van doing uh, bacon butties and a coffee for a fiver, which was glorious just before the run. Yeah, that was spot on. Uh, you had the bacon butty, I had the coffee. Uh, that got me sorted out, ready for a race, and uh, a little couple of bites of Nick's butty as well. Uh, I couldn't argue with that in the morning. But it is a nice early morning, that uh, wave one start we did. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So starting at 7.45 uh, means you've got to be ready uh, and up there for like 20 past 7. Queue up for the toilet if you need it and stuff and get yourself in the pen. Um, but it was it was a wicked atmosphere there, that, that, that early morning start, that wave one. I love that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then just a little bit more on the venue. We had on the Saturday night, we had Tim Cullen and Seb Fontaine playing. Uh, so somebody of the era, uh, what were your thoughts on the sets? 
I was absolutely loving it, mate. I think the uh, there was an awful lot of really good music, my kind of music being played. Uh, okay, it wasn't for everyone's taste. There was a lot of yeah. people who were wishing there was a band on, as there has been in previous years. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. But for me, being very much a, d- a 90s dance music kind of guy, uh, it was actually spot on. Uh, some wicked tunes, some wicked mixes. I think he played the crowd pretty well and uh, knew, knew the right tunes to drop to uh, get people on their feet. And um, yeah, I think... The general atmosphere in the party tent was uh, as good as it's ever been, I think. Uh, I thought there were two very good sets. Uh, if I had to pick a favourite, I'd have probably gone for Tim Cullen. Um, I just think he played a little bit more upbeat. Um, but both very good sets. Yeah, I think when Seb come on, it went a little bit more housey, which isn't quite to my taste as much, but uh, still um, enjoyable. So the run itself worked out at 20.5 miles for us. Uh, one thing I will say is the mile markers were way off. Oh no! This is this is a known thing. So you, oh, have, it? you okay. have miles and you have rat race miles. Right, uh, rat okay. race miles don't bear any correlation to normal miles, <laughs> as far as I've ever seen. On every event I've seen, um, you can be under, you can be over. It's a nominal mile, should we call it? But some right, of them are like okay. a mile and a half. <laughs> some of them are about yeah, eight so meters. <laughs> I think about eight nine miles. Um, my watch had just clicked nine miles, and it said eight miles. I'm like, really? <laughs> And then towards the end, I'm like, oh, well, uh, this must be like 22, 23 miles best now. And then all of a sudden we were finished. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was saying to people on the way around, oh, look, there's only 11 rat race miles to go. That could be any distance. Uh, it's, a, it's a known thing. It always makes me laugh every time. Yeah, I have heard you using that reference before, but now I know why. I think there were some really good obstacles. Uh, the big one stood out. Ewok Village stood out to me. The water section, really good. The towering tower, um, tire wall of doom. So I don't normally get afraid on obstacles. I'm not scared of heights or anything like that, but there was just something about that I felt so unsafe. That tyre thing, yeah. So if anyone hasn't done this event, it's a vertical wall made of tyres, effectively. So um, the tyres are stacked on top of each other, cable tied together or, or tied together in banding, and um, you've got to make your way up and over the top. The transition from one side to the other is the scariest thing of the entire it weekend. It is, yeah, yeah. Because it's not small. It's 15 feet or so in the air. You haven't got anything really to hold on to, so you've kind of got to get the best grip you can on these muddy, wet tyres. Yeah. And swing your leg over and then try and position yourself to climb back down. Meanwhile, having people standing on your hands who are climbing up the other side. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always a hairy one. And once you've got past that, it's uh, it's one of the milestones. There's a few milestones on that race for me that yeah. you get past the water, that's one milestone. And you get past that tyre wall, that's another milestone. There's another couple of obstacles you think... You get to that point, if you know the course, you've you've ticked that bit off now and you haven't got to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, understood. Um, So we kind of ran as a team. Um, You shot off in front, um, uh, expecting us to catch you up. And and to be honest, we expected to catch you up. But you pretty much did a solo race on this. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I was at the point where you know I was I was quite happy to run with with the team and and, um, see all you guys doing it for the first time and and see your reactions. Through the first mile mile or so, we were through the woods and, and all having our usual banter and taking the mick as we do. Got to a, a couple of obstacles and I was looking around and I couldn't see anyone. I thought, that's right, I'll just carry on to keep my legs warm, keep myself moving. Um, they'll catch me up. And I was only plodding on, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And then I got into a bit, a bit of a rhythm. I had a bit of a, a pull in my hamstring, so I wanted to run that off and just kept on moving, kept blasting through the obstacles, thinking, oh, they'll catch me up soon. And nobody did. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up running with all sorts of randos. Um, I had a good time of it. I got around nice and quickly. Um, yeah, yeah, but sure. yeah, it was, it, was, it was a different way of running it. But um, it wasn't unpleasant by any means. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as you said, we kind of ran. Uh, so, there was 
myself, Nick, Matt and Adam, who were running it for the first time. We were running with Wayne and Andy. And it for us, it was quite an interesting experience because we didn't know what to expect. Uh, obviously, the mile markers threw us quite a bit and we were stopping and regrouping after every obstacle. So I think it took us about half an hour longer than it took you. But again, if you if you were just soloing through, then you, you easily made up that time. Well, one thing I would like to say is there may have been one or two too many cargo nets. Yeah, there's an awful lot of cargo nets. Obviously, when you're doing 200 obstacles, you need to be a mix of stuff. And there's only so many things you can throw in. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nets, after when you get to about mile eh, 10, nets have got a bit boring. You've done about nine by that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, thankfully, there's no more. So uh, once you get to that last net, long net before the uh, big stack of hay bales, it's the last one. Um, yeah, nets, no thanks. Yeah, but there's but there's lots of good things. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion on some of the things. So, sure. um, okay, when you first come up to the water jump, so that's about a six mile point. You come yeah. up to this big structure. You can hear the the guy on the mic. You can hear the music. You can hear and see people splashing into this water. You've obviously got this big raised up pool that's been put on the ground, and then a big wooden structure next to it. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts as you came up to this thing? Because it's not a small jump. So you're right. It's not a small jump. But I, I've done water jump before and I wasn't too bothered um, so I kind of jumped onto it and Wayne said oh but this way and I was like huh and he took us up the the large one I was like oh okay uh, so we, uh, we had life jackets on and and it wasn't too crammed at that point so three of us walked up to the front they're like right on my mark go and we're like, I was just like I'm not even going to look down <laughs> but this is what but, I do I don't look down either I, I get up there and I, and I can't if, if I look down it makes me have a little hesitation yeah yeah so I kind of look up to the sky or look at the, the person who's doing the countdown and making sure it's clear and literally the second they say go I'm, I'm gone because I've yeah. got, to, got to get myself out of there um, and I think um, Ads described it the best he says it was weird you kind of jumped off and it's like the world stopped for a few seconds uh, there was no noise no nothing and then you just hit the water and it was just like oh wow that was pretty cool it's that weird feeling when you go into the water at such a speed that you, you go really what seems like really really deep yeah, and you yeah. think how am I ever getting it back to the surface now? <laughs> yes. I must have gone to the centre of the earth. It feels really, really deep, and um, it isn't that deep, I'm sure. But no, no, no. Uh, it's, that, it's that instant feeling of, oh, shit, get to the surface. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know, it's pretty cold water, but and you've just done this big adrenaline jump, and you've got to clamber your way out. It's it's one of the best obstacles, but that obviously starts the water zone. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you've got, you're have got you in that water then for the next 40 minutes or so, or 25, 40 minutes, depending on how, how quick you do it. Um, what do you think of the rest of that water bit? Um, you've, got, you've got the water monkey bars, and you've got um, climbing in and out of the water and doing different slides and jumps. Yeah, so yeah, so enjoyed the ball. I I guess there was one that I thought was a bit rubbish. Um, you know when you you had to pick up the bodyboards and just kind of walk around in a circle. That that seemed a little bit pointless. But apart from that, I really enjoyed them all. Yeah, there's a couple of little bits. I think it's just making use of the of the bits on the on the sure, land. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a couple of big slides in there. There's one big slide about halfway. There uh, was, yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, Andy's wife was volunteering that when I got to that, so I had a couple of pictures, and uh, she wasn't uh, brave enough to tell me I couldn't jump down that slide, so I had a big <laughs> jump down there. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and you get to that point when you've done when you've done the the first bits when you come back um, when you come back into the grounds. Yeah. Uh, you got the point where you can break off for the half if you're not feeling it or you carry right. around. Yeah, yeah. Was anybody in the group contemplating it? Did you have any chats about it on the way to it? We honestly thought we were going to lose two, two people at that point. Um, so at that point we were. That was hitting about mile thirteen ish, and uh, both Matt and Nick, their their knees were starting to go. So I honestly thought they'd both pull out at that point, but they didn't. Uh, both of them cracked on and made it around the entire thing. 
Wicked. Before you get to that point, actually, I've just remembered another um, quite important part of that race for me. Mm. Um, so about four miles in, maybe five miles in, you cross over a, a road. Um, so you go out of the estate, That's right, into yeah. the woods at the back, uh, which is where you head towards the water zone and, and do all the stuff there. And then at some point later on in your life, you come back across that road and it seems like such a long time ago yeah. that you crossed that road. It, it seems like so many hours and it probably only, has only been a couple of hours, but it, yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird feeling when you get to that point and you go, oh, we're crossing back over here. And, and you think of the amount of stuff you've done in that time you've been out of the estate. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another one of those milestone markers. One of the takeaways from me, I guess, was so, as you said, once you pass that, um, that cutout point, or I should say the duck out point, there was probably about six, seven miles of running through farmer's fields. And I know logistically it would have been hard to put some obstacles out there, but it would have been nice to put something out there just to break it up a little bit. Yeah, that second part of the race is what I consider the boring bit and the difficult yeah. bit. Yeah, because yeah. there aren't, the, as I said, there aren't the amount of obstacles to break it up. There are some, there's a few things in the woods and stuff, but sure, yeah. um, there's not as many things to break it up. So at that point, you're basically doing a run, which is, must be okay when you're on your own. But uh, well, sorry, when you're with a group, but when you're on your own, it gets a little bit tedious and you you feel a little bit drained. I think I lost a lot of time. Um, I, I got to the point where I was just I couldn't be bothered running anymore. I was run walking for a lot of the last like five or six miles of the race. Sure, I was, yeah. I, I was just chilling out, thinking, oh, they're going to catch me up soon. I'll have a bit of banter in that again. But you still didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's not it's it's kind of a race of two halves in that fashion. But obviously, when you get past the extra bits of running you do there then you get into the last few obstacles yeah and um i was thinking uh earlier on actually when you first entered the site and yeah. you've got the big massive finishing slide in front of you what was your first thought of that thing um i thought i cannot wait to get up that because it's properly huge isn't it yeah yeah Un- unfortunately when we came down it though I-, I don't know what it was like for you but just as um as the apex of the curve hit the ground it's all like scrumpled up so as you went down, it took you back out. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. shame. No, I so, didn't see any of that. But um, yeah, I've seen another couple of people saying the slide wasn't particularly well um, put together uh, yeah, on, yeah. on social media. But uh, that's a bit of a shame. Because I, mean, I, I flew down that thing and right to the end, um, yeah, I jumped down that slide as well, even though they told me not to. I don't care, I'm just <laughs> jumping. Yeah, so it was unfortunate when you went down, um, because it was all uh, scrunched up, it basically nearly took off all your clothes or should they pulled them all up so all the pictures as you're coming down there uh, you're like trying to pull your clothes back on oh brilliant yeah talking of pictures as well there were quite a lot of photographers around um, there were, on yeah. the course but once again uh the guys at my bib number have managed to get all the most hideous possible photos of me they possibly can i think they go through the photos you know and all the nice photogenic good looking people they get all the best pictures of them and all the normal people like me they uh, just get all the worst pictures just to amuse everyone else, I think. <laughs> so uh, looking through all the pictures of me on the website, with the new face recognition thing, which works really which well. Which is really good, yeah. I could not find more than maybe one picture that I'd want to look at again. It was awful. Uh, I don't like looking at pictures of myself anyway, but that's fine. But yeah, you get to that finish line, and every single time I've done this race before, yeah, I've always been at the point where I've gone, nothing in the world would ever make me do this second lap at this point. Yeah, But this year... I felt a lot better. I felt like, yeah, I could probably go and do it again. I'm not sure I'd do it very quickly, but I could I could probably go around again. And I don't know if that's because I got around quite quickly or whether it was um, the conditions were quite good, because I think the conditions were perfect on the they day. They were, yeah. Uh, I don't think the rain started till about 10 minutes after I'd finished. And then that was only showers when it did start. So um, 
it makes me feel a little bit better about potentially doing the double. Yeah, so I again, I finished it and I was fine. Uh, I wasn't too fatigued. Um, my legs were all good. Um, I did I did get some cramping about mile 15, uh, which is a little bit annoying. So uh, the way I get up and over walls is use the heel hook and kind of pull myself over. There's a wall on uh, a floating platform. So yeah, you, you, I don't so, do that wall for that very reason because by that point I'm always cramped. <laughs> yeah. So I went, uh, I tried to get over that and I cramped halfway up. I'm like, Andy! <laughs> so I just haven't pushed me over. And from that point on, I was, uh, I got over every obstacle very gingerly. Uh, so, you know, the there was like a wooden obstacle um, in the last five miles, which you kind of, it was kind of like um, a wave shape, shall we say? You kind of come down and then. Yeah, I know it's what you mean. It's like um, a big S shaped bend of. That's wood, right. Yeah, um, where you get loads of splinters and get really yes. bad back. Yeah, yeah, and I got to the middle of that, and my leg just cramped. I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> so I'm climbing through that with my leg out straight, just trying to get rid of the cramp. Yeah, it's a shame with the cramp. You know, I, I actually didn't get any cramp this time. A couple of little bits trying to get over some of the walls towards the end, which made me just just bin them off altogether, because um, I was on my own trying to get over walls. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, it, it can spoil it if you cramp. It's no good trying to push yourself over obstacles if you, if your legs are cramping up because it just makes you hurt more in it with that with knowing that you've got that running bit towards the end um, yeah does yeah. you no good at all yeah so I, I i put things in place to try and fix that and when we discuss tough mudder i'll uh i'll go through those briefly fair enough um so apart from that yeah apart from a few bruises uh my my elbows got ripped to shreds coming through those pipes um but apart from that, I, I was all good. I was uh, I was fully recovered on Sunday, and I was back out running on Monday, so all good. Yeah, I, I didn't get many injuries. Uh, running through one of the bits of woods, I had an epic trip over a, a fallen branch or a, a hidden branch or something. Yeah. Uh, went down pretty hard, and my whole leg was covered in blood um, as I approached the first aid station. That was interesting. Everyone looked at me like, um, is he okay? But it soon washed off when I got through the water zone. Um, other than that, no real injuries. I've got, I got some fantastic bruises um, yeah, yeah. and a splinter in my elbow off that obstacle we were talking about before. But um, generally, I was I was pretty healthy. Uh, I didn't go for a run for a couple of days afterwards. But um, yeah, once I'd had a recovery one, all good. Yeah. So, I mean, we we did have a drunken pact on the Friday evening that we would do, do the double next year. And I think current level of fitness, I think we'd get through it. Well, I think a lot of this drunken pact was down to the 7.2% cider we were drinking. <laughs> the, in the amnesia. Uh, yeah, it's called amnesia, and I couldn't actually remember getting back to the tent. Um, so it was aptly named. But yeah, this drunken pact to go and do the double next year dressed as pirates, I think it was, between uh, a few of us. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, okay, yeah, I, I can't remember it happening. So yeah, maybe we'll have to train for next year, but I think... Having done now three dirty weekends, doing the single each time, yeah. um, l- watching some of the guys doing the double and knowing that I can feel better when I get to the end of the first lap, I think um, with a bit of actual training, a bit of actual thought going into it, um, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah, uh, we missed the, so I think you had to be back by one thirty, was it? Um, so I think we missed the cutoff by about six minutes if we'd have been doing the double. However... There was a lot of stopping and starting and regrouping. So I think you'd just have to have a bit of a different mindset if you were doing the double, like um, everybody goes at their own pace. Yeah, either everyone goes at their own pace or you just say after an obstacle, you crack on, um, you keep moving and then the slower people need to catch up that gap. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we can work it out. And, you know, we can run at a very similar pace uh, once you yeah, slow sure. down for me. So <laughs> we'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all good. Uh, looking forward to the double next year. It's going to be, um, I'm looking forward to that. 
Um, as you said, though, some of those, the towards the end, the running bits, I think that's going to be uh, mentally quite hard because there was a certain section where you you turn this corner and then in front of you it looks to be just a mile of just strip. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and I think even at that point, uh, Nick swore, and that's when he started walking. One of the things in that end bit, though, where there's lots of running, the last aid station yeah. was giving out oranges with salt on them, salted yes, oranges. Yes. And I hadn't really thought about this salted oranges thing, but they were saying, yeah, it's a good way, because your body takes in the um, orange juice quite yes. easily, but having the salt mixed in with it is a good way to get you over those cramps and, and get some... Uh, salts back in your system so uh, I was getting those down like no tomorrow and uh, it certainly seemed to help for me. Uh, so just a general note uh, again volunteers were absolutely amazing there was um, there was a woman that still make me laugh to this day and uh, it was going over the obstacle and she was talking about getting in a dirty wet hole and she must have been sat there all day saying the same lines over and over again and it just really just picked you up. Again it's that massive community feel about it and, and Dirty Weekend is the, the epitome of that for me of, of all yeah. that race things I've done that everybody um, you know a lot of people are volunteering are volunteering on the morning and racing in the afternoon or yeah. they've got loved ones um, or significant others running in the race or friends so everyone's all a big community and everyone kind of knows each other because they've seen each other at different events yeah. um, like a couple of times because I was running around with my um, purple shirt that we got for Aaron Yeah. Um, and one of the ladies who was on one of the obstacles was like oh did you run Aaron I was like yeah and she's like the you know, if you know, you know, because you were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, um, So that, that was pretty cool, you know, a bit of recognition. Um, just little things like that, just, uh, and yeah, some humour from, from some people, uh, some of the kids giving out sweets and stuff. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. it was, it was good. It kept the morale up and um, like certainly running alone, it, it meant a lot that that morale and that uh, good feeling was everywhere you went. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so kids, uh, so you ran in your Peregrine's ISO's uh, thoughts? I did, yeah. So I bought the uh, Peregrine ISOs a week before the event because I needed some new trail trainers after our previous discussions about uh, Speedcross on the other events. And um, I don't understand how there could be a better trainer for that race than those Peregrine ISOs. I had absolutely zero problems with my feet at all. No grip problems. Slight niggle was because of the way the tread sticks out the side of those trainers, they do catch on nets a little bit. Yes, but, yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's only a very minor niggle if I had to if I had to be really picky about it. But um, in terms of grip and fit, uh, laces didn't come undone. I didn't uh, nearly lose them in any mud. Um, they were yeah. superb trainers. Um, so again, I, I ran in the Peregrine Eights as well, and they were absolutely cracking. I guess the the uh, so like you said, they got they got snagged in a few nets, uh, which was a little bit annoying and. Um, uh, they do feel like a sore going down the side of your leg when your leg is starting to get a little bit tired, and you ca- and you catch your ankle. But uh, if that's the only complaint you got, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not ab- too bad, absolutely. Is it? <laughs> um, um, so just before the finish, there was like a, a rocking horse. I want to say uh, there was like a big black blob with teeth. Oh, the um, the knockers they call them. I think it right, is. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, so I couldn't get a grip on that. There was not enough toe grip. And it might might just been tired legs. It might have been just trying to avoid cramp. But I I couldn't get up and over that one um, because I just couldn't get grip. Yeah, that's one of the obstacles that I don't do anyway because I've seen too many people fall off it and sure, hurt themselves. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm too tired at this point to fall off and hurt myself. It is quite an awkward obstacle. So, yeah, I can't back that up. Watch battery wasn't a problem this time. I disabled the Glowness this time and I also switched off the Bluetooth and... It took us about six hours, and I still had about fifty percent battery. So that's brilliant. 
and uh, I don't think I missed anything on there because it was updating at a decent amount of intervals. So yeah, clocked all the miles, really good. I know a couple of the lads made the mistake of having auto pause on their watches. They did, uh, which yeah. is what I did last year, uh, and it doesn't really work when you're going through obstacle zones and you're stop start quite a lot. Yeah, um, the auto pause really doesn't work, so it messes up the distance. It messes up all the all the settings that you that you're trying to capture. It messes it all up. So yeah, if you yeah. are going to do this race and you've got your watch tracking it. Don't do auto-pause. Yeah, indeed. Lessons learned. I don't think there was any as such. For me, it was the cramps. I I don't get cramped normally, uh, so I, I can only assume it was because of the length of the course and because there was a lot of stop-starting that my muscles were cooling down and then warming back up. And I think that's where I was getting the cramp from. So you suggested magnesium. And to be fair, I, I had a week with magnesium and I got through Tough Mudder without a single bit of cramp. So oh, there we go. So maybe that <laughs> fixed it. But there again, um, Tough Mudder was a very different beast, which we will discuss shortly. Yeah, I think in terms of lessons learned for me, um, comparing myself between last year and this year, last year I wasn't as fit for the running but I was a lot stronger for the obstacles last year because I was doing a lot of gym time. So sure. I was last year I was able to solo all the walls. Last year I was able to do a lot better on the um, upper body obstacles. This year my running was better. The long periods of running I coped with a lot better, but I wasn't as strong to get myself over the walls and stuff. Sure, so I, yeah. fi- I felt I let myself down a little bit there in terms of um, physical strength and fitness. But it's a point to note, as I said, for next year, if we are doing the double, uh, I will have to be a different category altogether i have to be really super fit and really um able to to lug my own weight around but that's 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 fine that's a personal thing um and you know uh, i still got through so i can't argue yeah indeed so all in all then uh to close off the dirty weekend part of it as a first timer just give us give us the last couple of thoughts what you thought from what you expected and what you actually got out of that race i expected a long ocr event and that's exactly what i got um I'm no stranger to OCR events. I've done many from many different vendors. Um, there was nothing there really new. Uh, they'd just kind of gone to the next level on some of the stuff. So the, the big one was definitely the largest slide I've done. The water jump was definitely the largest water jump. Um, some of the obstacles were epic. You, you could tell that they'd spent a lot of time, like the Ewok Village and things like that. Um, they were really, really good. If I could have changed anything, I'd have probably spread out some of the obstacles in the last in the last half. Uh, just to break up some of the running. Um, but I, I, I don't think you're going to get a community better than what we had there. Um, for me, and what I found last year was it's just a massive sociable event and that I really enjoyed. And this year I just enjoyed being part of it where everybody was talking about it last time and I was just like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> That's a fair one. I'm just so glad you enjoyed it, and uh, I yeah, think yeah. you would. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll make it our yearly thing, as it as it always is for everyone who's done it. Indeed, yeah. So, uh, go on then. Let's uh, com- contrast what we've talked about with Dirty Weekend. So, the weekend after, you went and did Tough Mudder. Uh, obviously, we've both done Tough Mudders before together and apart. Um, it's the Midlands one, which we've done before. I'm interested to hear how they've tried to change it because i know they're always trying to change stuff mudder for my opinion they they don't manage to make it better but um yeah you went and done it tell us all about so this is the fourth time i've done the midlands one in fact the 2016 was where it all started for me so it's quite interesting going back on on that for a fourth year um so they've shrunk it they're, they've made it a lot more accessible uh they've they've adjusted some of the obstacles to make them more i want to say beginner friendly okay 
So when we first did it, uh, well, when I first did it in 2016, it was just shy of half marathon. Uh, this one clocked in at just under nine miles. Uh, but what they've done, they've got rid of a lot of the running um, and made it a lot more compact. So you've you've got the old classics there. So you you've got the you've got the ice bath and you've got Everest and you've got Block Ness Monster and you've got all those kind of cool stuff. Unfortunately for for us, there was um, again there was engineering going on when we got to Block Ness Monster. We got over the first one, um, but on the second one there was. There was like six people either side trying to turn it and it just wouldn't turn. And there's a guy at the side braying it with a hammer. And it's like brilliant. So it, it must uh, have, yeah, it must have got snarled up there for about 20 minutes. Uh, I'd have been just, gutted. That's one of my favorite obstacles at Tough Mudder. Yeah, but but it was a challenge just to get it to turn over just so you could get through it, which was a little bit annoying. So they got rid of the Irish table. They've got rid of the uh, reverse wall to make it, as I said, more accessible. The Mud Mile, you only go through that one way now. So, you know, uh, previously you had it, um, so you w- went through one way and then you went up the hill and down and then back through the other way. So that's just on the way back down now. Oh. Yeah. I'm despairing. You can hear my my <laughs> noises here. I'm actually despairing of tough mudder. However, uh, I think the changes they've made have made it a lot more compact. So, I mean, historically it's taken us four, four and a half hours, but we have run as a big team. So it's kind of stop, start, wait on every single obstacle. Um, Nick and I ran it in two and a half hours so I, I think we had a, a lot better experience I mean we were running as a group so there was uh, Kev and his family and there was Darren there as well who marshalled at Dirty Weekend and they said, they said to us right from the start listen if if you want to head off go uh, we're, we're not ready for this um, so if you start getting cold just go so after about obstacle three or four we were like right well we'll run ahead and then we'll bye <laughs> well it was more we'll run ahead and we'll wait at the next obstacle and yeah. then when they didn't show up like well we'll go to the next one and we'll wait till the next one where they're going to turn up and we can do some kind of teamwork uh, but every obstacle after so they put the walls right at the beginning as well so um, after being a human ladder for that on all three walls kind of run over those but everything else didn't require any teamwork so it was like well we'll go to the next one that requires teamwork and then we'll wait there and it got to the point where i was like we're probably about half an hour in front so we're just going to freeze so we'll just get it finished we'll get to the end yeah it's a fair one and, you know they were, if they were happy enough to do that you know you don't always have to keep the team together as i proved yeah, to, uh, well, to yeah, again, so. yeah exactly so they threw in some new obstacles and some modifications to the previous ones tight squeeze it was essentially birth canal yeah so the birth canal but taking it from the side so you, <sighs> so you kind of went under those, which wasn't too bad, but it was in a pit as well. So again, it made it a lot easier than birth canal because let's be honest, if you've got claustrophobia, going through birth canal is horrible. Entrapment, which is a new one. Again, think think the kiss the mud, but with electric wire. But that they've had that before. That's not new. Well, okay, so the, it was new for me. It was the first time I've I've been on that. Augustus Gloop 2. Now, remember Augustus Gloop, where you used to have to go into the water, duck under the water, climb into one of the black pipes, and then climb up it with like a shower on your head? Yep. Um, so they modified that now so that the standard ones, you kind of wade through about a foot of water, and then you climb a ladder up a black tube. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, or, uh, so one thing that did make me laugh, so they've got rid of the Legionnaires. So there used to be the section where um, if you'd done more than one tough money, you, you got to do the, the more difficult way through an event, uh, through one of the obstacles. Uh, they've now classed the difficult way through the level up way. And I was what? like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> I know. What? Now, I'll be getting the lawyers onto that, mate. I'm not having that. It can't be uh, taking our copyrights. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, so Augustus Gloop, um, the the level up version had the climbing wall pegs, so you kind of went up that. But again, that was rather simple. Uh, there was a new one um, that well new to me called Leap of Faith, where you it was a water pit which you kind of jumped onto like a cargo net on a, like a swinging frame, and then climbed up it and then slid down like a fireman's pole. Was it as good as the jump to a cargo net and slide down the fireman's pole at do it again? <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite as good. However, it was consistent all the way down. <laughs> it wasn't halfway down and then break your knees. Ah, yeah. Let's see. There was Spread Eagle. Uh, so we've done something similar to this before. It's where they've got the cargo bands across across a lake or uh, across like a water hazard and you've got to kind of crawl on your hands and knees. Oh, so you're on the slack lines and stuff. Yeah, across. yeah. So they had two of those. So the Spread Eagle was, uh, it was wide enough so you had to go across on your hands and knees. And the other one, which was Black Widow, which was you, you kind of walked across. So two very similar ones. So the Gauntlet, now this is a new take on what the Rat Race do. So you know the ones with the, so you've got the bars, which you kind of crawl along. And yet it's the one where you end up where your feet are above your head. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the uneven bars, yeah. Okay. Uneven bars. And then it goes into the monkey bars and then swing. So this kind of does the same. So you start on the uneven bars, then you've got monkey bars across, and then you've got shimmy at the end. Uh, and again, even going through the level at one, it was. I, I said, "What's the difference?" Went well, the monkey bars are further apart. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." Brilliant. <laughs> um, but again, smashed it first time. It was it was fairly simple. Um, we had the mudder horn at the end, which again, this was it was kind of an airframe. It started off with a pyramid scheme thing at the bottom. It's probably worth noting as well that they've adjusted the pyramid scheme so it's at a lower angle. Um, so much so that I was able to solo it by oh, just that's leaping. Not, that's not pyramid scheme. You got to climb over people and get kicked in the head fifteen times. Yeah. Pyramid scheme. Well, with this, you you could launch yourself high enough to grab the uh, grab the beam in the middle and pull yourself up, and then from the middle up to the top. I'm despairing again. <laughs> but again, it, it made it rather accessible, and it made it. So we could power around it um, and solo the pretty much the entire thing. And so. then just the final thing uh, was Texas Hold'em, which was kind of a balance board. So you had to do this in pairs and kind of balance across a beam either side, which was okay. Nothing really special. Uh, to be fair, Nick and I got halfway through as feet slipped a little bit and went meh <laughs> and just walked off it. <laughs> Fair enough. I will, however, say that the speed cross were absolutely perfect for this event. See, I was um, wondering about the speed cross because, yeah, whilst they're good for mud and stuff, I wasn't sure about going up obstacles. Certainly, I didn't fancy using speed cross for the ones on Dirt Weekend because there was a lot of wet logs and wet um, Yeah, wood. yeah. Um, now, to be fair, I did slip getting up Everest, and I think that might have been out of grip. It was it was a bit muddy, but everything else absolutely flew through. So coming out of the mud mile, um, just crawled straight up the walls. It was brilliant. Excellent. So all in all, then Tough Mudder um, is obviously trending towards being closer to Park Run. Uh, every <laughs> successive year, it seems to get. Um, you want to call it more accessible? I call it a lot easier. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This this is yeah. When you compare it to something like Date Weekend or one of the other bigger OCRs, it is getting closer to parkrun. I know they cater to lowest common denominator. I know they cater to people who aren't fit enough to do a, a proper race, if you like the term. But, um, yeah, I just despair from, from going from the 2013 Tough Mudder, which I did, which was really fucking hard, yeah. to what it is now. It's just mad. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and to be fair, I, I feel it's going to go more that way. I mean, it's like the X runners and things like that. They're they're very entry level, and I, I didn't see anybody really struggling with this. So, I suppose it is uh, beholden on me to ask: Will this be your last tough mudder? So, I've already got one booked in uh, the Yorkshire one, uh, which I booked last year because it was the first tough mudder Nick did. But then that will be it. Um, just just the price. I, I think if they dropped it down to maybe fifty quid, it'd be worth it. Um, but the the hundred quid ish that they normally charge, I don't think it's worth that. No, it's a, it's a bit daft. It's not a value for money thing if you make it shorter. No, I don't know no, how no. they think it can be. Oh well, uh, at least we know now, and uh, we've had a good comparison between the two races. Yeah, indeed. Oh, just one last thing: free photos. Um, I'm, I don't think Tough Mudder's done that before. But I, I was looking through the photos, use the facial recognition as before, and uh, it pulled through all the photos, clicked them all, it said free. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Oh, wow. That's a bonus then. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that does a new thing to me. But it's <laughs> no good to me because, as I said earlier, my photos are always awful. So, uh, oh, yeah, all mine were as well. Keep your so. free photos. <laughs> but yeah, standard Tough Mudder, it, it's getting smaller, it's getting more accessible. If somebody's starting out, then give them a go. Um, if you used to do no CR events, maybe skip them yeah it's a, it's a good place to start but like you say it's good that there are bigger and better things to move on to yes so, yeah um, indeed yeah so there we go now we've had a comparison of the two types of races we better sign off the next couple of events we've got coming up um in a couple of weeks time we've got runstock and then the week after that we've got the wall so we'll have probably uh we'll probably split those down into two episodes yeah. um depending on how much we've got to say about runstock um i think the wall obviously deserves a lot of time because it's going to take us a lot of time <laughs> yes. um Bear with us for the next few weeks while we get these two out of the way um, and the next episodes will be coming along as soon as we can. Once again, um, it was great to speak to people who've been listening to the podcast when yeah. we were at Dirty Weekend. Uh, we met up with a few more people. I was certainly pimping the podcast out to more people. So the, the listener base is growing. Uh, I think people are still enjoying it. And if you have any feedback, obviously let us know. When you see us around the events with our hoodies on um, and we'll catch up with you all soon. Indeed. Goodbye. Goodbye.